You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're picking up in the fifth chapter of Maaser Sheni, and we're dealing with what the Mishnah calls Bi'ur. We're dealing with removal, with getting rid of stuff, with getting rid of Maaser, um, which is hanging around in the house. And we read this beautiful uh, verse on Shabbat. When you finish tithing everything in the third year, and you give to the Levi and the ger that you give to the, the Levi and the stranger and the orphan and the widow, and they eat in your, your gates and they're satisfied. And then you say you make this declaration. This is a declaration we, we this is a declaration we make in Jerusalem. Biarti Kodesh I have removed all of the hallowed things out of my house. And also the Also I've given them to the Levi and the stranger and the orphan and the and the widow. According to all of all commandments that you've given me. I haven't transgressed and I haven't forgotten. So this is the Biur, this is getting rid of any any tithes which which are still hanging around in the house at the end of the third year i suppose you could say it's getting it's setting the slate clean it's making sure that anything that has to be given out is given out so when we go up to jerusalem at the pilgrim festival we can make this declaration and the mishnah is going to describe how we're going to do that and it, it actually begins with the timing Erev Yom Tov Rishon Shel Pesach. So we're going to do this today before Pesach. That's really interesting because the um, we we you know the set we know that the seventh year cycle runs from Tishri, not from Pesach. Although, by the way, the cycles of um, the the cycles of of, of calculation of Maser, well, we can find them in the first Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah, and they're very different. Um, so, I mean, for trees, it will be Shavat, which is just a couple of, it's just six weeks before Nisan. So the, the the cycle of calculation of tithes is different from the regular cycle of Nisan or Tishri for New Year's. But what seems to be going on here is that the we need a certain amount of time after the end of those cycles in order to be sure that we've given everything out and distributed anything so that we were um, were ready were on on the on it, when it comes down to pesach when it comes down to pesach in the fourth year so this is the fourth year of the cycle at that point we're ready to do the bure so the third year and the sixth year are the years when we give away Maserani. And then we, when we get halfway through the fourth year, we get ready to make this declaration. How do we do it? Ketzad hayabiyur. How do you get ready to get the stuff out of your house? Well, not nim truma truma maser. We give truma and truma maser. Remember that the 
let's go back to our chart. We come back to this lot. The trauma is between one and a half and two and a half percent. The maaser rishon is given to levi'im. Trumat maaser. The levi'im separate ten percent of the ten percent for the priests, and then the maaser sheni is another ten percent, or maaser ani in years three and six. So we're going to give the truma and the trumat maaser to their owners. That's the kohanim. Umaser rishon livalim, and so we're going to give the maaser rishon to the levi'im. Umaser ani levalav, and we're going to give the poor poor person's maaser to their owners. And um, the the maaser sheni and the first fruits are then anything we've got left over in our house is then removed and handed out. And um, Rabbi Shimon says, look, the Bikurim are given over to Kohanim because they're just like Trumah. What if we've, what if some of this, some of, some of the produce which is left in the house has been cooked? Yeah, so maybe, maybe you've got, you have Maser Rishon sitting in your house or Maser Sheni sitting in your house, but it's mixed up in a cooked dish. Beit Shammai, you know, Beit Shammai are generally strict. And Beit Shammai are going to say, you have to get rid of the whole dish. And Beit Hillel, as you can expect, say, it's, it's as if it has been removed, i.e. it's dissipated in whatever the majority of that cooked dish is, we can ignore it. Now, how does that work after the destruction of the temple? That was one of the questions which Jeff asked a couple of days ago. And the Mishnah is going to say very clearly, someone who had fruit at this time. And at this time is the time when the temple is no longer available. And the time for removals arrived. So Beit Shammai are going to say, You've got to just got to convert it all for money. Perhaps... Perhaps the temple will be built will be rebuilt at a certain point, and at that point you can bring the money up to Jerusalem. And Beit Hillel again, they're going to be more relaxed. Beit Hillel Omrim Perot. If we can't bring the fruit up to Jerusalem, well, we're just going to have to let it rot because we can't consume it outside Jerusalem. So there's nothing else we can do with it. And the Mishnah continues, but now, of course, we're setting the clock back, right, to when the temple did stand. Rabbi Yehuda remembers, In the early times, this is when the temple did stand, they used to message householders in the provinces. Hasten to set right your produce. Get everything straight before the time of removal comes. So they used to give people early warning. that The time of removal is coming. It's coming up to halfway through the fourth year. You need to get everything out of your house. All your produce. And the Mishnah then continues. Ad. Ad shelot. Ad shebar Rabbi Akiva. Until Rabbi Akiva came along. By the way, Rabbi Akiva is after the destruction of the temples. There's a, there's a really interesting transformation of time. There's a sort of anachronism of time here that we are mentally, we are in the time when the temple stood, but practically we're quoting a sage 
who is teaching after the temple has been destroyed. It's an incredibly interesting juxtaposition, if you like, of different times into one Mishnah. And he came and he taught, Rabbi Akiva, uh, Ba Rabbi Akiva, Velimed, Shekol HaPerot, Sheloba Ulo Onat, Hamasrot, Puturim Min Habiyur. Anything that hasn't reached the time of tithing is exempt from the removal. And we learned this idea when we learned about when we learned about Maasrot. We learned that every type of food becomes eligible for tithing when it becomes ready to eat. That was one of the principles. If it's not ready to eat, then it can't be tithed. So produce which is um, in some kind of unripe state on the trees, if it's not possible to eat it, then it's not eligible for tithing at all. And Rabbi Akiva is saying, okay, if it's not eligible for tithing, it's not eligible for removal. So we don't need to remove that. And that's how the eighth Mishnah closes. And then in the rest of the, as the rest of the chapter develops, we see more about the removal and more about how we, um, how we articulate and how we ensure that we are consistent with the declaration that we're going to make in Jerusalem. The declaration actually that we, uh, you know, we read, we heard read in, in Shul uh, on Shabbat at the beginning of the Pasha of Kitavo. So we'll explore those ideas in the following couple of days as we close off the fifth chapter and close off indeed the Masachet of Maser Sheni. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.